Welcome back to the Don't Worry About It podcast, where we talk all things mental health related, from anxiety to depression, from happiness to sadness, and all emotions and feelings in between. My name is David Izzo, and I started this podcast to help facilitate conversations related to mental health topics. On this week's episode, I invited Gabe Santoriello onto the podcast. I met Gabe in middle school, and he quickly became one of my closest friends all throughout high school. Unfortunately, as time passed, we had lost touch over the years. But due to our strong friendship, we were able to reconnect and chat as if nothing had ever changed. I'm really lucky. I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Gabe as much as I did. We touched on a lot of important topics such as ADHD, depression, anxiety, and the importance of loving yourself, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening. Gabe Santoriello, welcome to the Don't Worry About It podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thanks, thanks, David. I really appreciate it, man. It's it's good to uh, it's good to catch up with you. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I mean, Gabe and I were very, very close friends back in our days at SAR High School, which was, you know, we graduated. Well, it feels crazy to say back in 2013. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it makes me feel pretty old, dude. It's bananas. And then, like, I think back to like when I first met you it was back when I switched to SAR in 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 the sixth grade, which was even like, oh my god, how long ago was that? You know, it's like. Another three years, right? seven, eight, just wild, 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 like really like so long ago. And it's just so great to, to I'm so happy like to, to be able to get you on the podcast just because, you know, I, I say this a lot with, with people, but I believe the reason this podcast became to be is because it's really an, an extension of conversations that I would have, you know, back in the day, like I, I've spoken about it a little bit on this podcast, but you know, I had some tough times in high school. I didn't know yeah. it was going through anxiety and other things. And, you know, you were one of my, cl- if not closest friends back in high school, <laughs> we would talk about a lot of the, a lot of these things and have these conversations. And we just didn't know that it was, you know, under the umbrella of mental health. Right. Totally. I mean, we just thought we were kind of going through some, you know, kind of shitty, <laughs> shitty times, um, which, uh, you know, which I guess we were, but, uh, yeah, no, this is this is this is next level, uh, you know, talking talking about it with a little more awareness of, you know, the words and um, yeah, and, 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 and what it is kind of on a on a deeper mental level. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing all right. I'm excited to talk to you. And uh, this is this is so great that this that this is something that you're doing now. Um, so I appreciate yeah, it. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm honored. So like in terms of, you know, for mental health is different for everybody and not everyone experiences it the same way. I'd love to hear a little bit about what your experience has been like dealing with uh, with that mental health. Yeah, totally. I, <laughs> I feel, that feels like a really like huge question to, to try and like, you know, summarize a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess the, the you know, the, the two the two things that I've kind of been challenged with the most are um depression and anxiety um so i would say i would say really really in high school uh you know was when i was when i was suffering depression and it kind of started with taking um adhd meds uh and i didn't i didn't really know kind of what was going on at the time i just knew that i wasn't doing well in school you know my parents got me tested uh you know to whatever i got diagnosed with adhd and i was like okay sure like i'll try these meds to kind of do that right it's like my parents supported it these doctors said I should do it so I was like okay (laughs) obviously all these adults are saying this is something you know that's good for me I'll give it a try um and it it was just like one of the most horrible experiences um it really it just 
it turned me into like a total zombie. Um, I like had zero desire to like have fun with friends. Um, I didn't want to eat anything. It really felt like my entire day was just sort of, you know, segueing from one class to the next. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that was, that was kind of my like sort of introduction, I would say into, into depression. So um, I, w- I want to jump in here and for, yeah, those please, who don't, please, please. for those who don't know, like, can you explain what ADHD is and, and what it's like, what it's like, what, it, what are the, what are the traits that go with it? Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, which basically means that um, it, it is extremely difficult for me to focus on like one specific task um, at a time. And I think when I first learned about it, it was like, oh, I have this weird, crazy thing. And I, I, think, I think it's really a lot more common um, than, than I used to think, certainly. But, but yeah, what that came to in school was like, if, if whatever the topic was that I was learning was not incredibly interesting to me, um, I would find almost any other thing to, you know, direct my attention towards. So usually that was like fooling around with friends or like throwing paper airplanes, you know, much to the annoyance, obviously, of my teachers. Um, so, you know, you know, and, you know, you would label me as like whatever, like a goofball or, you know, just a you know, like a, a clown kind of. Um, but yeah, what it stems down to is. I like I couldn't uh, I didn't have the ability to like make myself focus on things that like weren't like incredibly interesting. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like you had like right. And you it's like you didn't want to. You just no. had you had a deficiency where you were not able to concentrate on anything unless it really captured your full attention. Oh, 100 percent. I would have loved to like. Well, um, this was in my head. Right. I would have loved to like quote unquote be like the other kids right like I see all these kids sitting around me and they can just like sit down and pay attention and like study for their tests oh of course I was like that's amazing like like these kids can just like it's it's like a a control of your mind kind of it's like wow they're really they have this like ability this like power to to just sit and like focus on things um so yeah I was totally I was totally like envious I, I don't know if it was quite, quite the right word but like yeah I would have I would have loved to be able to to do that oh, 100% and it's it's really hard I, I can only imagine as somebody who really struggled in school in terms of paying attention you know I my my parents got me uh, tested for for ADD ADHD um, right before high school actually um, and I didn't do well I didn't pass the test in terms of getting qualifying for for any um any of those disorders which which kind of in a way was kind of frustrating yeah it would have explained a lot but because and the point i'm trying to get to i feel like as two different sides of the coin are well one i feel like it's probably can be very frustrating to for you as somebody who's qualifies for this disorder and it's like an explanation at least gives you an idea of why you can't sit still but also must be must have been really frustrating to hear you know, people just say like, just, um, you know, just, you just need to focus more. It was probably something you heard a lot, right? You oh my that, gosh. Uh, there's so many, apply yeah. Apply yourself. Uh, Gabe, if you just do this, if you just apply yourself and they're disciplined, you can do it. To- yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many like little tidbits that I remember from teachers where they were like being snappy with me. And like one line that always stands out is like, you know, a teacher saying to me, like, 
well, Gabe, like, what, what do you, do you need a, a private invitation, you know, like trying to be, uh, I don't know, coy or whatever, whatever they were trying to be. And I always remember in my head, I was like, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you can't say that or you're going to sound like a wise ass, you know? So, so it's like, no, you know, but it's like, yeah, actually a private invitation would have been really nice. Like saying Gabe would have done so much just to like bring my attention back, you know? And some teachers, I think just like understood that and like, actually applied that but yeah some like did not have the patience for me and like I get it but like you know as a teacher I feel like you need to try and find this balance of like knowing your students and trying to like help them not just get like PO'd when you know yeah so but yeah most yeah. Teachers, most teachers thought I was just like uh you know like being a slacker I guess when like that has never been my MO like I have always loved learning but like yeah, it's it's not easy again unless I'm like just like super into it and yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I I I I I was I was I saw it first, you know, firsthand. Like I I watched watched it happen to to not only you but other people that you know had ADD, ADHD, and and any of these learning dis and, and any really any learning disorders where it's like so. It's not like it's not an effort thing, and I and I see both sides of it, right? I see the teacher. It's so easy to just say, you know, just you just need to apply yourself more. And I always and I do always think back, you know, trying to try and see both sides of it. And I've spoken, you know, to some educators about dealing with with kids, as I've had friends that have gone to education now, and just hearing it more as an adult, someone who's more open to it. It's, as a kid, as because there's two different points of view, right? As a kid, you're kind of like you're an adult, you're a professional, you should be perfect at what you do. And you should be able to do, you should be able to understand that. Yeah, I do need a prize. Like this is actually what works for me. I, I don't learn as well as the other 20 kids in the class. I, I just don't, it's, we're, we're just different. And I, a private invitation will work for me. And then as a teacher, you have to, you know, you're also human, you have flaws and, and you're just trying to do your best and you're trying to teach as effectively as possible to 20 kids. Now, as much to right. my, beliefs back in the day you know there were some teachers which i believe were like bad like really actually just bad teachers and i there are a lot of them that i believe to this day i i no longer believe that and there's some that i go you know what that 15 year old me might have been pissed off but he was damn right like that person should not have been teaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i you know and that's like a, a slight a slight uh aside but yeah i feel like so many teachers should not be teachers and it's like this weird job right where it's like oh we need a lot of them but like like shaping shaping the next generation is like so crucial it's like as important as being a good parent maybe maybe more um so yeah yeah i i totally i totally agree with that but um yeah i mean to i guess to bring it back kind of to to the meds right it's like i i feel like at that time i felt like there was there was something wrong with me right it's like it's not like oh it should be up to the teachers to work around me in my head i was like yeah okay there's like my brain's kind of messed up or whatever like okay so I'll, I'll try these drugs and um you know i can say this sort of in 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 hindsight but they were they were really an incredible an incredible blessing uh, and the reason for that is because, you know, I took them for several months uh, or for mo really most of uh, I, I don't remember my junior or senior year. I think my senior year. Um, and I tried many different, you know, many different varieties, um, you know, like five ants, Adderall. I'm, I honestly can't even remember. I think I went through at least at least four or five. Um, and I was so incredibly miserable on them that I said, there has to be another way. There just has to be another way. 
Um, and I think that having, having that push and knowing that like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't exist taking those meds. And I also couldn't kind of return to the way I was before where like, I wasn't able to, you know, to, uh, to, to focus and like to, to, I guess, apply myself in this way. I like, I was like, okay, let me, let me stop taking these meds and like put in 150% of like my brain power to try and like, you know, do these classes. Um, and, and that, that really helped, you know, like I, because I knew what this like alternative was. Right. Whereas before, like there wasn't necessarily this like push. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to apply myself, but I, I didn't feel like I could. Um, I think after, after going through like this, like the, the terror, it's not even terror because it was like, it was dull. It was empty. Um, but after, but after going through that with the meds, um, yeah, it gave me, I don't know. It gave me this drive to, um, to just try anything, anything and everything else I could to, to apply myself. And, um, and it's, it's been, it has been a constant struggle, David, like, like, um, even to this day, it's like, I have to try and find ways to, to use my ADHD rather than it being something that I fight. And it's, it's, I'm still, I'm still working on it, you know? So I love that you just use the word use because I have a big belief in, in a lot of things in life. And I think it applies. Um, it's either use or abuse. Mm-hmm. You either, it either, you write these, you having ADD or ADHD, you having ADHD is, is something that prevents you from doing certain things, but it also gives you an, a different ability. And I think if you can learn to, cha- if you learn to channel that, these are, this is from people that I've talked to and from what I understand of it. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong about a lot of things. Correct. <laughs> but you have an ability, like you're, the way you're talking about it, I think just shows the perspective they've had. And then I'd love to hear if this may be something that you experienced yourself, where you kind of learn to channel all that energy, that hyperactivity into okay into something that's good is not the right word, but something positive. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think, and, and this is, you know, there's sort of two sides to this, right. But it's like, I have found that through so many years of my, of my life, like I will, I will start on a passion, right? Like you remember, you remember from my senior ex, right. I like worked on that chain mail. You beat, um, you beat me to it, by the way. I was I was waiting to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to give myself my own little plug now. But um, you know, right? I like worked on that chainmail, and and that was like incredibly exciting. And you know, I'll I'll admit to you, like probably towards the latter, you know, sixth or eighth of that project, I, I was really out of steam. You know, like I had kind of run out of my, we'll say that focus. Um, but I but I was able to kind of push through it, right? And I think you know that is sort of something that that I had to teach myself um, to be able to do. And that is sort of part of that discipline. But, um, but in terms of actually like kind of benefiting from this ADD, I've, I've had to think like, all right, like how, how does this, how does this serve me? How does this kind of jumping or flitting from idea or thought to the next help me? And I, and I've realized that I'm a designer, right? I'm an innovator. And, and that type of like, my that type of brain processing is actually like vital to to try and creating new products, new designs, new new ideas because because I don't I really don't get stuck in one idea because I can't get stuck in one idea. Um, and it allows me to like circle around an, an idea or a thought and, and like 
you know, come at it from all of these different points and perspectives and like prod at it and probe it. Um, and it, it really serves two purposes. It keeps me incredibly interested and it also allows me to analyze something from like a myriad of directions. Um, so recently kind of what I've been doing, I think, you know, I mentioned to you uh, earlier that I, you know, that I, gr I graduated uh, with a degree in footwear and accessories design from FIT. Um, and right now I've been studying uh, partially 3D modeling to kind of, you know, boost my skills in that. But I've also been taking a bunch of courses in like uh, starting a small business and sustainability. Um, and I think for me, I'm realizing like I, I would be so unhappy just like working at a company for like 10 years at my little like desk doing kind of one or two tasks. Um, and it's it's like everything is kind of clicking together and I'm realizing, oh, I I have to make my own company. I have to make my own business. Um, and, it, and it's like finally sort of working together, right? Like this discipline that I've learned, but this need to kind of do multiple different things. Um, so, so yeah, it's been really exciting recently, like kind of having all these little points fit together and, and me finding a way that my ADHD is like, it, it's who I am, you know, and, and not like living with that, like you're saying, like this, like, abused thing but actually uh celebrating it and celebrating this this like flitting from like passion to passion and it, it's it it allows me to stay excited about what i'm doing and, and life um so i i mean i love as 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 as, as somebody who's very much invested in and your success and someone <laughs> you know I, this brings like the most Brother. joy to, it brings the most joy to my heart like to hear you're doing this well and you know you mentioned a few things i want to i want to touch back to to a couple of them as we as we continue on but one of one being you know i you, you mentioned feeling like a zombie when you're on these add um yeah. adhd medications um i can attest to it i i there were days where i would see you and i you had a look in your eye and it was a specific look i was like this is gabe gabe's on his meds today gabe is mm. not this is not a day where G gabe's not going to be able to to talk about certain things he's just not going to be as much joy it's like and anyone who knows you knows there's and you still have it i believe to this day like you're already that nature a fun goofy loving caring person like you're you're just you have one of those souls like you want to help people you want to do the best you're the friend that when you a friend calls on you and they need help on anything you're there to talk you yeah. will you will do whatever it is sometimes even probably not to your benefit might even hurt you in in terms of what you may may be distracting from something that you need to get done but you will put that first and and i want to just really you know frame that as it is and to see you those days it, it, it kind of hurt hurt me yeah. i remember days being like yo like i wanted to chat with you about like whatever just to get lunch like i'm trying to hang out with my friends and there were days where i'd see you and i'm like hey do you want to get lunch you'd be like i'm not hungry and i was like i can't be like why is he hungry and i was like i need to talk to my friend but he's not he's not available to talk and there were some days where i understood it, and there were some days where i like didn't understand it at all like i was like yeah it's like can't you just talk like why why can't you and i never understood i a lot of the reasons was I probably, you know, at 15, 16, 17, I didn't have the capacity to as part of it. I probably didn't want to understand. I was, you know, self as a selfish as any, as a selfish component to that as well. And then there's also the aspect of being like, you know, just do like, it kind of like frames back to like, can't you just do it? Like, why not? I, I know right and right and that comes right back to right the studying right and the adhd right. and, you, and just yeah, to can you just pay to, attention yeah no um and just to just to put into perspective the like me not wanting food thing because obviously you right. know people people don't really know me like i was a i was a big italian boy and like food was and still is like 
maybe the second most important thing in my entire life. <laughs> so me not wanting to eat is is a, even now like it like makes me feel like scared. Like that is not right. <laughs> that no. is not right. Especially so. like looking back, you're 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 a big guy. You were on the wrestling. You were big. You're on the wrestling team. One of the best. One, <laughs> if I remember correctly, one of the top wrestlers on the wrestling team. Oh, oh stop! Oh stop! You. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen. Fat. Listen. You can you can frame facts differently, but facts are facts, right? It's just truths are truths in that sense. But listen, I also want to, you know, frame about your senior X to explain um, for those who don't know, didn't go to at SR high school in our senior year, we had to um, for a third semester, you know, they broke up to three semesters, like basically from like after, you know, um, after spring break through until graduation, they basically don't, you don't have as many classes. They basically make you do Judaic study classes and they don't want you screwing around doing 18 year old stoop, 17, 18 year old senior in high school things, partying, they want to. They give you a task to basically go cha- go chase a passion project. Mm-hmm. You and I give you a lot of credit for found, devoted all your time and passion and channeled your energy into that into frame. You know, it's 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 a really cool opportunity. I remember hearing about it as a freshman. I was like, that's really cool. But for somebody like me, it was like uh, I did not take it seriously at all to the point <laughs> where I handed in like I look back to this day where I handed in such a piece of shit. Um, what did you do? I don't. I actually don't. Oh remember. my god! I did a, um, which is a really cool idea for those who might. This might date us a little bit in terms of like how old we are at twenty five. Oh, but do you remember? I, I did a. Well, I was supposed to do a Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide for SAR, which is a sick <laughs> idea to this day. I stand by it. I just didn't like do it. Like I handed in like supposed to show forty hours total of work. Yeah. Of effort into it, I handed in like an eight page like paper. So, was, and I handed it to all the administrations. It was my reputation. The administrations they were not going to just like let me pass. So yeah, yeah. like after I present, did a presentation, they're like, "This you didn't do it." And I was like, almost in tears. Like, am I oh. to graduate now? Like, what's this oh. going to happen? And in hindsight, I should have known that they, I should have just I could have done nothing and said, "What are you going to do? Not let me graduate?" There's no way they would have brought me back for another year. They would not have want that on them. <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I should knowing that now I could have done that, but no, they made me like redo, and I had to spend like a whole week in school, like working with a faculty member on the project. And I, you know, it was a great idea it, to this day. I like, I stand by the idea, but I had to like, I needed somebody to sit me down and literally hold my hand, forcing me to do the work. Not because yeah. I didn't want to do the work. I just, my natural inclination was like, I, I listen, big part of it was, and this is the difference, right? You really had a deficiency. I didn't, but I was so unfocused and unchanneled and so lacking in discipline in that area where I was yeah. like, I didn't want to do it until I got the proper motivation. And then I was able to, to do it. And I just wanted to bring that up to frame it as just to give a little idea of what it was like watching you channel. And I, I, listen, mm-hmm. I watched, I watched from, from beginning to end your uh, metamorphosis in, in handling your handling it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, I really, I appreciate, I appreciate you kind of like remembering that. And it's, it's funny. I like, I look at kind of like old pictures on Facebook and I forget how much time I spent on that, but there's like a picture of me hanging out with like, I don't know, some, some random, you know, kids from our grade. Um, and, uh, and like, yeah, like everyone's like laughing, have a good, having a good time. And I'm like hunched over working on my chain right. nail. <laughs> And I'm like, oh man, I like did not hang out with my friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I ended up putting in close to like 200 hours on that. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. You put in 200 hours and you crushed it. I watched your presentation. It was awesome. It was just awesome oh. to watch. And then, <laughs> you know, then for me to like put together that piece of shit. <laughs> 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 Listen, I then did it. And I did it to the 
to the max of my ability. I think it was to this. I'm like, I am damn proud of the finished product that I got in just before the end of Friday, where it, which allowed me to then go on senior trip with the whole class, which was like great. Um, I wish I would have done that the first time so I didn't cause my parents the heartache and, yeah. and myself the just the, the pain in that and that. But listen, that's all part of the growing experience, right? We're not, yeah. but looking, it's just, it's just is interesting to look back in so many ways on and who we were back then and where we are now. And I want to, um, I want to now segue a little bit into, into and its component of, you know, you brought up depression and, and anxiety and ADHD. Now, you know, dealing with these things at such a young age, it's really hard. Um, like I knew you had ADHD. Um, now, you know, now you bring it up that you mentioned you, you, you had bouts of depression. Um, at least then at, at, at such a young age, I, all the signs were there. I didn't have the idea of it now, but what was it like? Um, what was it like going through that in high school? Like, how did that, how did that impact you? What was it? How did, I guess my big overarching question is like, what was it like? Yeah. What was it like? Um, I think it was, I think it was again, similar and kind of connected to um, taking those, taking those meds. Um, But it, it was this feeling of, of, I think now I would, I would sort of label it as like not really being connected to like my inner self. Um, but I think the way that it was feeling at the time was just like, not, not in touch with like what, what was going on in, in my world around me and not like not caring because there's this like part of me that like felt a little bit sad about it, but like, it was just sort of like, okay, like, I don't really give a shit about anything right now. Like you kind of like, I remember sort of like getting up and it's like, I don't even really want to get up out of bed, but I sort of have to, and I'll just have another day like I did yesterday. And it was, uh, yeah, this, this kind of feeling of everything sort of repeating and nothing really being very, very great or feeling special um so was there anything that broke through it was it like maybe a favorite you mentioned you was it like a fit was it like on days where you could eat was it like a favorite food that would bring your mood was it like uh could you like could you find a sliver of happiness in, in that haze or i feel like i feel like there were days and i don't i don't really know what the pattern to this was but i feel like there were days when i could like be with my friends and like someone kind of make a joke and like you know i would like i would like laugh about it and and feel you know feel kind of good or happy in the moment but i feel like i would then i would feel that feeling but then sort of reflect on like that i am overall so kind of not happy you know what i mean and like so like even just feeling that would kind of be like i would be so aware of the like juxtaposition i guess um to sort of how i normally was feeling um so yeah and you know it's, listen i think Looking back now, I think about, especially in modern Orthodox Judaic um, high schools and day schools and all and our schooling system, it's really it's hard enough as it is. I I really do believe this to be a to be a kid in, in growing up in schools now. I think I think it's probably harder now than it was back then. But to to frame it to when we grew up, I I think about it all the time. If I told you we're going to stick five hundred kids into one build into one like pretty not that big of a building, let's say a hundred one hundred twenty kids per grade ages 14 to 18, where they're going through puberty, hormones raging, co-ed schools, boys and girls, you're not allowed to talk, you're not like allowed to do certain things, you're not allowed to touch and all that stuff, right? You're going through all these changes and you're also supposed to do a dual curriculum, right? Judaic and English studies and you're 
the focus is so much on college and, and are you going to get into the right college? What are you going to study? Like all these things are being pressured on you outside. And let's say there's also interest and, and, and right. You're on the wrestling team. I played hockey. If you were in debate club, drama club, and you did drama club also. I, that mm-hmm. I've um, crushed it in that senior play. To get back to my point being is that there's so, it's so hard, right? Um, especially depending on where you're, where you're traveling from, you could be waking up as early as five 30 in the morning to get to school at eight for morning prayers. And then, and then we didn't get out till five ten, And that's, now you get out of five ten. you have a dual curriculum, you got tests, you got essays, you got papers, you got all this other stuff. You may have a club. Say you have a wrestling match, a hockey game that's out, that's far away, right? Let's say I have to mm-hmm. travel to the island, right? A two hour drive, play hockey game for an hour and a half and then to drive back two hours. And I'm sp- we're supposed to get all this somehow done. And all that's going on with all these different pressures, as hard as it is to be a kid, you're going through changes, take a kid like you with eight, with eight, it's, it's hard as it is. And then to add these things on, it's the craziest social experiment that we've ever done and nobody talks about it. Yeah. Like as you were explaining all that, you know, and like in the back of my mind, I'm realizing you're explaining our high school, but I'm like, wow, that sounds like hell. That sounds really bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bananas. But at the same time, it kind of, you know, it works. Right. I, I, I don't know about you. I, I look back and I had some like good times in high school, some bad times in high school, but I love fun. You know, I made some unbelievable friendships. I had some unbelievable yeah. times and I had some of the saddest days in my life that yeah. were in high school because it felt like, like, you know, but then you look back now and I think it's so cool that we got to look back on it now so long ago and you kind of look back and I'm going like, it felt like every day was kind of like life or death. Like everything was like so dramatic and it was life or death and it felt and it, in, those, <laughs> in those moments, it, but it, the point in being is that it feels so real and it, it applies now, right? It can happen to adults also. You could, yeah. in the moment, in anxiety and depression, right? It feels like your life can sometimes feel like you're never going to get out of it, and then you do, right? I, you see kids that you never, that you never would have thought in a million years would would grow, like you never knew how they would turn out, and you find out eight years later where they are in life, and it's like, whoa, that kid couldn't sit still in in class. He was a goofball. He was a joke. He was. Some kids are, and then there's some kids you see now they're like the nicest kids in the world now, and you t- and you find that out, and like you find out in high school they were assholes, and it's like, well, <laughs> what happened? Then you kind of realize, well, it's hard. You know, being a kid is hard. Yeah. It's really, it's fun. It's sad. It's happy. It's all these crazy things going on. And I, I just have like the, this whole idea. It's like unbelievable. And it's only getting crazier with social media and with kids. It's hard. Kids are experiencing anxiety and depression at such a young age. And they're la- the reasons by it are, are, are debatable and everyone's got their ideas. It's just, right. it's just hard. And I wanted to give that, the reason I went on that whole soliloquy rant about about high school is to give the framing of of what it was like going through that on a daily basis right especially with adhd how, how did that affect your you know i i spoke about it from my point of view of how it affected our, a bit of our friendship but it must have affected you with others some people may m- might have gotten frustrated with you maybe it was you know might have caused and uh caused some derision with your family members maybe was there a time with a sibling or or anything do you do you recall anything um I think with my family, I you know what I th- I feel like the overall like like energy or feeling that I am remembering from both my friends and my family were were that they felt sad for me. Um, like I'm remembering, you know, still one of my closest friends, a Todd. Um, you know, we were we were going to uh, we were going to like get lunch, and I didn't again like you were saying I didn't get anything, and I was just like sitting with him and watching him. And I just, I don't know. I felt him like looking at me and like trying to just be like supportive and I guess understanding, but like feeling bad. Um, and I feel like my parents, the my parents were too, because I kind of told them how I was feeling, what was going on. And I'm sure that they were really torn 
because they saw that I was suffering, right? But they also saw from when I was a young kid how I was, quote unquote, suffering with my like grades and my schooling, you know? Um, so I, I'm, I'm actually kind of really reflecting on my parents and realizing like how crappy that must have felt for them um, watching me and like, yeah, not really knowing sort of where to go with that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that really answered uh, your question, but. No, you did, you did, you did, you did. Um, I yeah. think that's no, really, I think it's so great that you had that an, an ability to, to open up with your parents, right? I, the way you're describing it, you know, you were, the parents were the ones who made the choice to put you on the medication, right? You're a kid, you didn't have a say. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, obviously I wanted to kind of, like I was saying, be like these other kids who are able to sort of just like sit down and focus and like, look, to be fair about, you know, the ADHD drugs, um, it, it did work, you know, like I was able to really like focus on class and like, you know, be a quote unquote better student. Um, but it almost, it sort of is parallel, right? Like these things that I found boring that now I was able to like be on par with it's sort of right it's like i i was more boring you know so it's like okay it like made me a more like boring flat person um in order to i don't know i could say in order to like get on that that level of you know whatever the history class was or but um so yeah so now so now you're right you're on these you're on your add uh sorry adhd medications all throughout um from starting whatever junior senior year Mm -hmm. are you still on them today is there a time where you got off of them what was god no god no you're still on them. oh no i'm saying god no like i would oh i don't i don't think when did you get off them you would have to pay me a lot of money to to take those again uh (laughs) a lot of money um when did I get off them? Sometime in senior year when I was like, like just feeling like enough is enough. Like I am absolutely miserable. Um, and yeah, I don't know if my like grades suffered or not, but <laughs> I graduated, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm, and I'm at, I'm at where I'm at now where it's like, yeah, I would never touch that stuff again. And like the field that I'm in is a little bit more um, creative which is, I think, always kind of what I needed because it allows me to, it's a little bit more free-flowing, right? Like the the whole dimension of kind of art, right? Where it's like, you know, it's not like, oh, okay, I'm studying for this history test. Like I need to just sort of gain these facts, right? With art and design, it, it it's a lot more, I don't know, circular or like. You can't, have, you can't have handcuffs on your mind like that. Right, exactly. Like the, like the way to be the best at it is to, let your mind sort of like roam free kind of. Um, And that's why, again, I think like this really is like a fitting and perfect field for me because it like, it it doesn't fight my ADHD. It, 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 you know, it embraces it. Um, And that's, that's, that's like really great. I think in light, I struggle with this a lot and like understanding, you know, what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. You know, some people say you should be a well-rounded, well-rounded person some people say you should play to your strengths and i think totally. you can kind of in a way do both like you can be a decent person and do all these things but it's kind of like you kind of have to find out what you're naturally inclined to do and some and kind of figure out a way to channel that into positive outcomes right it's if you're somebody who's super creative 
you probably aren't supposed to go sit in like a lab and do math like like calculus like you're not really going to do that it's not really what you're going to be doing in life you're not inclined to do that and i think there's i think there's a ton of value i think there's a ton of value in doing stuff you don't want to do especially as a kid and i kind of agree like that's kind of how i rationalize like some of the classes you have to take in high school it's like you need them to know this but like no i didn't do i was what what did i learn from like ancient chinese history that i at like 17 years old that's really going to help me in life i look back now and understand the value of that class would have been if i was able to understand it's not about necessarily if, if i can't learn any lessons from history which sure you could and you can learn from it but if you can't the value actually isn't saying this sucks i don't want to do this but doing it anyway and taking it as seriously because in life you have to do there are parts of life where you have to do things you don't want to do and exactly and yeah. until you get to a point in your life where you don't have to do those things, when you have that finance, whether it's financial flexibility or free, whatever freedom that it is that allows you to do that. And I think that is the goal. And that's, that's kind of a goal in life is to kind of get that flexibility and, and to get that freedom. But there is value in doing in, into fighting against your inclinations to do that. I totally, to- I totally agree with that. And if, if I may, I'd like to, to try and segue into kind of my, my thoughts on anxiety. Yes. yes. Um, and that, and that is that, like you're saying, right, you, you go through life and there are absolutely times where you're going to be presented with something that you don't really want to do, but for like the betterment of yourself or just like for the betterment of what's around you, you need to have the discipline to say like, okay, I'm getting this done. Um, however, conversely, what I, what I believe is that if you keep making up those reasons for yourself not always but i think with a lot of things and i think so often it's like with what people are studying or maybe like who they're dating or their work you know if you like keep making up these these like kind of reasons or excuses like oh you just have to keep doing this because you have to keep doing this because of this and that um and it's it's not the right path that is when this is again my belief that is when you start to experience anxiety. I believe it is your body's way of telling you, you are pushing forward in this direction that is not where we're supposed to go. Um, uh, so, so, so yeah, so I think, and this is only more recently, but the times that I'm starting to feel anxious, I kind of, I check in with myself and I reflect like, okay, like what's going on? What are you feeling anxious about? You know? And, and I try and like, I try and delve into that and you know see see if that is the case you know that i'm trying to like push forward in one direction when because i want to or because i think i need to when it's when it's really not right for me so i like a lot of what you said i I agree with a lot of what you said i just i'm not sure i fully understand it if you don't mind running that back one more time for me what is your no like what 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 is the essence of what it what is anxiety like what is like what is anxiety to you like what what from what I understand, it's it sounds similar to what I believe in. I just want to make sure I fully understand what you're saying. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna. We'll see if I can. I can kind of quite get it again. I I feel like it is your. I mean, there's so many words kind of for this, but it is yourself's way of of telling you that you are not on. You're not, you're not on like the right path for a certain, in a certain kind of way. Um, and that it's, it's like this kind of like alarm clock or it's this, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to kind of, it's, it's yourself's way of trying to like 
push you maybe in another direction than what your like brain has been saying like i need to do um oh yeah interesting i i think you're there i just i think there's more, <laughs> i think i just think there's more to it i think that yeah, for yeah. Me, anxiety is the fear of the anxiety a big part of what fuels anxiety is the fear of the unknown yeah it's the big question of of of, of what's going to happen not knowing what's going to happen you know some people face crippling um crippling anxiety a lot of it is there some people are afraid to go out to go out it's just to go outside some people get so depressed and they get so anxious and usually when you're depressed you have that anxiety component to it as well where you're well you can't you feel like you're too anxious to get out of bed well what do you like you're afraid to just get out of bed yes because well what if you really break down that thought like why are you afraid to get out of bed like what can happen to you and the point that's kind of the point they don't know they become and if they believe if they get out of bed something bad can happen to them they're safe in bed they it's the comfort. Like if I don't get out of bed, nothing else can, if I control every certain, if I control all of my surroundings to the most, to literally to the fine dot of just not leaving my own bed, then I'm controlled in that space. And I have power. I have control and I have power. Anxiety from what I've experienced is when you feel a lack of control, you don't have control of emotions. You don't have control of your situation. You have a fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't totally. It can be um, fear and it can be, a, you can have anxious and, and before, uh, one of the biggest ones, you know, for me was always school. I had tremendous and horrible anxiety when it came to, to school. Um, and I've spoken about this a bit um, extensively on the podcast in, in, in my first episode called My Story. I've spoken about other people, but I don't want to go through a whole rundown. But what happened, you know, what happened to me, I, I think is something that happens to a lot of people is, you know, you kind of, I just had, would have extreme panic attacks about the idea of tests just the, the before a test or having to write an essay or doing any of that stuff i'd get so riled up where i'd freak myself out into a frenzy where i'd end up not being able to just not even be able to sleep i just have to sit on my couch or if i was in my bed just i have to sit there and wait for it to just pass and some days it would take a long time for it to pass some days you know it just take when i learned better techniques like breathing exercises meditation um and stuff like that but i it always now looking back it was kind of just I didn't, I never, I never really asked myself, like, what, 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 what are you afraid? Like, what are you so afraid of? Like, what's going to happen? And a lot yeah. of that kind of stemmed in anxiety. So I think, but I do think, I think, you know, now that I said that all out, I think that's kind of part one. I think what you said is part two. That that's yes, exactly what I was thinking. Like as, as you were reflecting on it, I'm like, Oh, right. Yes. I kind of skipped over the part that like anxiety stems from fear, you know? And that, I think to me, it was, that's, kind of like a like a oh duh thing and so my reflection on anxiety my experience was sort of the like me trying to i don't know psychoanalyze it or like delve deeper and it's like well, what's the the why you know but but right like right anxiety kind of baseline is is being is being confronted with a fear and it like freaking you the hell out um we we experience yeah. we experience the manifestation of things that are going on inside of us that we don't necessarily know or see in the moment, right? The manifestation totally. is the anxiety, and then that manifestation can lead to an anxiety attack, can lead to panic attack, and can lead to other stuff. And you can treat that in certain ways, right? You can meditate, you can learn breathing exercises, you can mm -hmm. you can take um if you can take an you can take a, a pill that mm -hmm. will treat that will treat it in the moment. Correct. It will not fix and i don't fix is not the right word it will not treat or it won't the word i want to use is Heal. It, won't it won't address the problem it won't address the problem going on right and it's a, usually a larger issue it can stem from something that happened in your childhood that you haven't gotten over it can happen some people experience real trauma 
could be yeah. abuse. It could be sexual abuse. It could be so many various things that cause things to change inside of us and, and it manifests in anxiety. Um, and I think where you are going, and I, I want to, I want to hear more about what you think the best ways to address it is. Like, how do you mention, you know, you, your ability to kind of just ask what's going on here. And I, the biggest component for me of getting over and really kind of becoming at terms with my anxiety was learning how to do investigative journalism with it. Um, Zach Lennick, who's been a guest on this podcast, actually really helped me a lot here. And he just, you just kind of have to ask a million, like a lot of questions about it. It's like, Oh, I'm feeling anxious. Why? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I feeling this way? Well, what's going to happen if I feel this way? Why? And sometimes if you're afraid like me, if you have a hyperactive brain where a thought can just kind of go on its own roller coaster, that can be kind of scary. But if I do that work in the moment when the anxiety attack's happening, that's when it gets bad. But it's the times where I'm okay, where I'm neutral, where you have to kind of, that's when you kind of have to do the work to fix. You can't fix, you can't really, you don't, ah, I'm struggling here, but my main idea no. is I want to let you go is let you go um, and explain your, your thoughts. I'm right on the press myself and I want to just get it out now. And yeah. It's kind of where you kind of have to, um, you can't really fix, you can't really address and really do the long-term healing in the middle of a crisis, right? Um, if you're thinking about it like um, uh, building like a structure, like an architecture, building a building, if it's on a bad fa- bad foundation, then nope, not it, not where I want to go with it. But I am going to take one last crack and if I don't get it, I'll just let it go. But it's kind of, um, you're kind of in chaos, you're in crisis, something's going on. You can't do the long-term work on, on the issue because you're in crisis, you have to put out the fuck. Fu- to put out the fire first before you can understand why the fire started. That's it. Right. Nailed yeah. It. And I think I think <laughs> 30 minutes, I think, but I got it. Who, yeah. No, no, no. Yes. Um, and I, as you were saying it, I, I was kind of reflecting on that and thinking that, that there, I think there are kind of two ways that people do often get to the root of, of the issue. One is like, as you were saying, like when you're kind of going through the heat of it to just try and like survive, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Until until you're good again, and then and then analyze it when when it's more neutral. And I think that is, um, I don't know, easier is a, a very simple word. But but I'm gonna say for now that might be kind of the easier, the easier or the safer sort of feeling route versus like, you know, when you're in when you're in that that kind of heat, that sort of heat of heat of the moment. Um, and, and, you know, this certainly does not always apply, but I think that there are times when, like, maybe you need that intensity to really be able to delve and, like, feel, oh, okay, like, this, this is, um, this is it, this is the root of it, you know, when you're, when you're kind of in the, in the, in the thick of the fight, we'll say, um, and to kind of, I think, come back to, you were saying, like, to, do you have any tools for it? I mean, I think as you're saying, right, like sort of breathing and like really having like these these sort of inner inner dialogues and working on this inner dialogue is 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 a tool. But I would say for myself, um, my family, uh, my parents brought me and my siblings from a very young age to this uh, to a, a retreat center called Shalom Mountain, which I may have may or may not have mentioned to you in high school because I've been going to it for a long time. Um, but it is it is kind of like a a community of people that are focused on um love and sort of like what what is love um and learning what they call like the skills and the principles of loving um and and part and part of that is is sort of going through this work with a community but that's really for yourself 
um, and kind of delving deep into like, yeah, like that, like that sort of stuff, like, like why, why you're feeling certain ways and, you know, why certain things come up. Um, and, you know, and so, right. So stuff like that, right. Different trauma, stuff from your childhood kind of comes up and, and, you know, the idea with this is with this, uh, retreat center is that like by doing these things in community you know you're not only you're kind of seeing it for yourself but you know you're in this container and they are they are witnessing you you know kind of coming coming to these realizations and as well um and it's 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 an incredible experience to kind of to to be seen and to be like accepted for these things because like so often the things you're going through like you can't you can't even like see for yourself right like there's just it's too loaded, whether whatever it's, it's shame or guilt or, or anger. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that has, that has been an incredible, that has been an incredible tool for me. Um, this, this center and this, you know, having, having this kind of community of support. I had no idea. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. And I think that's so, that's so cool, man, to, to, to go. I mean, I think, I, I feel like you pre, Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that's something you can appreciate a lot more now than you did back then. What? What specifically? The going on a retreat like that. At I mean, going as a kid and as a teenager, you know, you learn to kind of build those kind of skills where you kind of ask those questions and kind of develop that inner monologue. With was was what you the words that you use, but I I just think that's such a that's such a cool way of developing skills. It's such an interesting idea that you don't see. I don't think you see often in, in our communities. No, no, no. It's totally something that for to most people sounds crazy and taboo. And to answer that kind of earlier question, um, absolutely not. It's something that I like super appreciated at the time. Wow. Um, possibly even more then than I did now, because right. Like you're saying, when we were like teenagers, like all of this stuff was way more like, weird and taboo and it's like you know talking about your feelings and stuff was it was so much scarier than like now i can talk to you about my feelings like on this podcast and like if you told me a million people were gonna listen to it i'd be like okay i can do that like i can be vulnerable but then like no way that was so scary you know so i think having that community then where i could like express myself and talk about my fears and my you know desires and like have people like hear it and like accept that was yeah no it was it was so special um what kind of work what kind of like work it sounds like you're saying that you're doing kind of your own independent journey but also you're like alone together it's it's something it's something that i'd recommend either you or anyone who's interested in just kind of like going on their website and sort of reading about because i really couldn't do it justice um what was the name of it again sorry what was the name of the retreat it's called shalom mountain shalom Um, mountain shalom mountain Where's it, uh, it is located like two and a half hours north um, of, of New York City. Um, so kind of in the Catskills. And uh, yeah, they have like a few different styles of retreats that I think kind of trying to focus on different, um, yeah, different, different things, I guess, that that might be uh, applicable to specific people. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the formats of how they work are different, but there's there's many different um like practices or techniques that kind of uh, are employed throughout the weekend in order for people to, I'm making this very simple, but in order for people to kind of, you know, sort of touch, touch the the deepest parts of themselves and, you know, kind of bring up stuff and it can feel really like scary and intense, you know, but uh, 
the 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 beautiful thing about this about this space and this community is that like i know this could sound kind of like hokey but like all all is welcome you know and like that can feel scary but like it's it's the case everyone is coming up with like really different you know stories right um and sort of hearing other people's stories and being able to share your own and you know again kind of having some of these practices is uh, you know incredibly powerful um and it's you know for me it's just been it's been a huge part of of shaping uh who i am and you know how i operate with with people and so yeah i mean i i did a quick google search you know i went on the website and cool. i read a little bit about and i read like a little bit about it and just hearing the way you talk about it i'm terrifyingly intrigued <laughs> yeah yeah perfect sounds... that is exactly how i would want and expect you to feel uh, that's amazing <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you're at that po- it's like that point where it's like I feel like I'm pretty good at understanding my emotions feelings I just feel like I'm missing I'm missing so I've been feeling like I'm missing you know the next taking it to the next level and kind of you know I'm good at you know I, I host you know this podcast I talk to so many people about their emotions their feelings and you know I talk about them my own and, and strive but it's like I feel like there's like a next level that I'm miss that I can go to and I yeah. want to get better at I want to you know there's a lot of problems you know I still have my own issues to get through and, and to accept you know I want to do that and I'm I'm open. I'm not like against, you know, so many different types of things, like whether it be therapy, whether it be a retreat like this, whether it yeah. be um, something as drastic, I don't think I'll ever do it, but something as drastic as psilocybin and, and, and psychedelics is definitely something that's really intrigued me. And I'm hoping to do an actual, you know, whole psychedelics episode. And by psychedelics cool. episode, I mean, no, I will not be taking psychedelics and doing a recording an episode. I will be talking <laughs> to an expert <laughs> on, on psychedelics and, you know, showing that whole thing. But right for the record for the record i want to clarify i've never done any magic mushrooms in my life i don't the whole hardest drug i've ever done is marijuana um but in terms of in terms of you know this retreat it's something interesting and uh it's something something i'm gonna keep in my mind and you know i have a couple couple of questions about you know how all this you know talking about your anxiety and your depression and going on these retreats and the way it worked with your, you know, all this stuff coming together, like where you're at now and where are, like, I don't think I asked you this in the beginning, but where are you now? Like, what are you, who, where are you at in life? What are you, what are you doing? Like not, not as not, I know you spoke about it as like professional year in school, but like, who are you? That is, wow. That's a really interesting question. Um, where I'm at, in my life right now is um is really like really delving like deeply into like myself and having having conversations within me and it's like still something that's very new and like i don't i I don't know it's like still kind of a little bit hard to explain because it's sort of still still new but I have been I have been working on like having inner dialogues that are kind of between what I would sort of label as like me, my brain, my heart and my body. Um, and I think that where I have been is is that I have realized this was maybe like over last summer and it's kind of been a dialogue since. But like this voice kind of 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 my body is one that I have like not listened to for my entire life. Um, and I've like totally shut out. And I think there's a myriad of reasons for that, right? Like, you know, I've ha- I've dealt with, you know, some pretty serious like body image stuff. I mean, I know you remember I was I was kind of a bigger boy in high school. Um, but I think part of it is also like, 
you know, that it's never, it wasn't something that we were like taught, you know, this idea of like, I don't know that like your body is anything but like, I don't know, like a, like a flesh sack kind of, that sounds really weird. But like, um, I think I have been finding that, that like my, my body has this voice that I'm actually able to communicate with. And as I'm saying this right now, it's like, I know it kind of sounds crazy. Um, but that, that has been seriously what I've been working on is having, um, having more of like a, a conversation with like, with these different parts of me that like, I've always thought are like all just me. And I think that's sort of where I've felt confused. But recently, I've been feeling like sort of have their own like separate like, thoughts or kind of like agendas in what I'm doing. Um, and it's felt like this really beautiful, like, um, journey of, I don't know, check, checking in with like who I am, what I, what I want, what like the other parts of me want. Um, and yeah, I feel like that could be kind of a whole other conversation. I'm trying to like make it, you know, sort of the simple version, but, um, yeah, that is, that has been where I've been at in terms of, um, this type of stuff, you know, more of the mental, emotional. Dude, you're so, you're so good at it. I asked you such a crazy, open, multifaceted question <laughs> and you knew exactly what I, exactly what I was kind of asking. And you answered <laughs> awesome. it in the perfect way. Cool. And I think if you listen to the question, you'd be like, how did that, that answer actually answers? I think the way you're talking about, you know, you're talking to your body. If you, I mean, I have a few questions there, but when you, when you talk about talking to your body, is it more of just listening to, to aches and pains is it accepting physical your fit where you're at physically i, I know you mentioned um body image stuff and I, if it's a whole you know it's a whole big topic that i really do want to explore both for men and, and for women you know the stigma is usually like you think about it for women but i think it's something that men um that men deal with as well in terms of uh, body image you ever if you ever go to a gym and see a bunch of men lifting and looking in the mirror there's a problem that you know there's there's definitely a lot there as well in terms yeah of body and i mean yeah no i mean i know i'm kind of wondering myself like how like how deep do we kind of jump into this and obviously i'm you know conscious of time and conscious of sort of staying i don't know if we're trying yeah, to listen if you want to explore this if you want to explore this and come on on another episode that's totally okay as well like i but you know you know how much i like i, I like chatting with you i think i i, I could we could definitely explore this in another episode if you don't want to go so great so into it no, I'm, I, I, I know. I was kind of thinking about it. Um, no, I, I, I can. It was more of a, I don't know, like kind of the direction and whatever. But yeah, so. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know. How do I how do I jump into this? Um, it has sort of been feeling like I am dating myself um, and just kind of as like a, a bit of like a backstory and aside. I got out of a, a pretty long relationship at this at this point, kind of kind of a while ago, maybe like six or seven months. But I think I'm I'm still like reeling from a lot of um, what I felt in that relationship with uh, her, a woman. Um, but like kind of the, the, the ways that it has changed, like how I've perceived myself. And I've really realized recently that I think I've, I have lost a huge part of myself by like entering that relationship, listening to what she said about me and trying to like be a good boyfriend and like hear her out. But then like accepting a lot of what she said is truth. And now I'm kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> like, that was her perception of you. You were like, you like have sort of just now like, it, like accepted and owned all of that. And so now I'm like trying to filter past all the bullshit, you know, and like really hone into like who I am and where I'm at. So 
I, yeah, I as I'm saying this, this is all like still really new for me. So it, it feels very vulnerable, but like, I would say, um, this kind of voice, this like me, you know, speaking to my body feels like I call, I call it like my girl. Um, and I think that part of why this has taken me as long as it has to like have this conversation is because I think I felt that like this sort of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like feminine energy. And I think when I was younger, it made me worry. I, I like, I, I felt it and I was like, Oh, like, am I gay? Am I like trans? And like, it, it sort of brought up all these questions and it sort of just like made me like push it away kind of and be like, no, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to look at this. Um, and I think now as I've sort of gotten older and like accepted, accepted those ideas more like, okay, sure. Yeah. You might be gay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You might be trans. Like, and just like allowed the conversation to happen. I have found that I actually don't even think those are a reality. It is that it's that like, it's my, it's my, like, I have like this deep feminine energy. Um, and I felt like there is so much, I've like been able to pull so much like strength from, from having this conversation with her. So I, it's like, it's still, it's still new and it's really hard to explain, but it's like, it's like my body kind of having this voice and being sort of the feminine and like this whole dialogue between it being like me as the masculine, her as the feminine and um, trying to like negotiate things like things together, things that come up and like, you know, oh, like me, me, like being able to like communicate with, I don't know how to describe this, like my, like my energy, my like inner energy, my body. Um, so, so yeah, yeah I don't, I'm, I'm like, I, I, about this. I don't know how like esoteric no. this is. But, no, uh, I, think, I think you said, um, I, I definitely think that there is maybe some stuff that might've been lost in translation, but if I understand, yeah, sure. if I understand correctly, and please obviously jump in, correct me if I got it wrong. But it started out with the relationship stuff, relationship stuff, and it's you mentioned something that I think hit really um, hit home for me, and I think it'll hit home for a lot of people. The way dealing with perception versus reality versus you know the way you talked about you know your your ex now ex girlfriends you know mm-hmm. thought um, perception of you that put the ideas in your head, and it's kind of you know we're all kind of and this is actually the title of the last episode, funnily enough, but we're all kind of living in our own heads together, like we're. Right. I'm trying to figure out um, what's real and what's not, what do we believe, what do we believe based off of what other people believe and how, how do we go, right? As, as people who need to live together and right to, especially if you're going to be in a relationship, you kind of have to be on similar, you have to be on the same pages and, you know, you are right. You value the other person's opinion, but just because you value their opinion doesn't mean you have to believe everything that they say and take everything with a hundred percent certainty. It's not like they're, right they're they're not right about everything and then when you get out of a relationship especially if you change who you are and and in relationships you do in in life you change based off of circumstances and 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 life happens you you do change right you get new perspective you get you get new knowledge things do happen now you're in this relationship and that kind of goes away and you kind of left wondering what's who am i an identity an identity question and i don't i can't i can't say i understand labeling feminine energy and yeah but i also know but i also don't think it ma- and i say this as respect but i don't think it matters what you label it i think right. i und- i think anyone who if you take away the labels and some people may not like certain words that were whatever it is if you sure. understand what and, and i believe i understand what you're saying is that you're having you're kind of just ciphering through it all and using different tools and and labels and names to kind of make sense of the different kind of voices that can contribute to it you mentioned mind body soul heart 
you know, there are different things that kind of contribute to it. And I don't know if there's other things that are going on with you that may contribute to it. But if I'm understanding correctly from the relationship stuff, that kind of makes sense. You're kind of just kind of, we're all kind of just sometimes just trying to figure out the existential question of who am I? Yeah. Uh, yes. I think fundamentally, right. That, that is the deep part of it. It's who am I? And like outside of other people's sort of perceptions of me and like what they have put on me. And yeah. And I think, I think that that, that could certainly apply I would hope to like a lot of people because yeah, I know for me, it's like when I get in a relationship with someone, I like take their thoughts very seriously. And I really, you know, like digest them and like, you know, ponder over them. And um, I think that it's impossible to do that. And like only, or not maybe not impossible, but very hard to do that. And like only like take the truths out, you know, because like it's such a weird thing what is truth right like everyone sort of has their own perception is there is there like a truth you know like is how i perceive myself the truth or something else so it's like yeah yeah perception is a is a super weird thing yeah blending perception um, and reality is, is really tough and i i think there's so, there's one thing that you said that i think is really important and i and if people i, I want to repeat it again just in case someone anyone missed and i think it's such a valuable thing that you that you brought up and you're talking about, you know, you had these thoughts, you mentioned, right. Am I gay? Am I trans? Am I, am mm-hmm. I this? Am I that? And sometimes, and then you said that like, their thoughts. And, and this is something that I really learned talking to one of my favorite people about, about these type of things um, in terms of thoughts is, is Dr. Rebecca Sperling. She's one of the best people uh, I speak to about anything mental health related with. Um, she's excellent. And she, some, she, she really brought this home. Thoughts are, are just that thoughts. They don't have to, Yes. You, don't, you can have like people have like, these crazy thoughts and they think that there's something wrong with them. Sometimes a thought just pops in your head and then it goes. Yeah, it goes in. You ask the and sometimes you have a thought, you ask a question. Sometimes you, you answer it. The thought comes up and that's just it. you don't have to become obsessive about it. It doesn't have to define you. Totally. Yeah, I think I think we can have this propensity as people to like think a thought and think, right? That that it, it is a truth or like this is, you know, our deep beliefs and like run with that when like sometimes it is just like you said, a thought that kind of pops into your head. Um, There's when we're dealing with these things such as thoughts and opinions, I do like I do always want to say this. And if you want to push back, go ahead. I think there's an important differentiation to make between what you believe and what is truth. Um, I I personally have we're we're in the era now and you may disagree with me. and That's totally fine. Um, I I love disagreement. I don't believe in my truth. I don't like, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't believe. I don't agree with the, with, with what it means to using the words my truth. Cause I believe truth is important that there is such, such, such thing as an absolute truth and not everything has absolute truths, but there are things. And I think it gets dicey and we get, we can become a little dangerous when we use our beliefs and our opinions and call them my truths because they're not truths. They're opinions. And they're just that opinions and beliefs doesn't mean they're any less valuable doesn't mean they're any less real doesn't mean they're any less important they're just not in my opinion truths yeah i'm i'm not sure i'm not sure if i if i actually agree or if i disagree um yeah it's it really comes down to like what what is kind of what is a what is a truth i guess um but uh yeah yeah i i don't know <laughs> say listen you don't listen we don't have all the answers uh i'm we're, i'm not a prof- we're not professionals. We're just professionals in us. Um, I, I know me. I like, you know, you, I know me. We have our thoughts, we have our beliefs and that's just what it is. Yeah. 
But um, I, and I think I think for me though, and this is kind of touching on what I was saying earlier, but like about about truth and perception is like I think that as as men, like the world that we're sort of raised that we're raised in is uh, I don't know, and I'm I'm sure it's kind of the same for women, but just specifically different things. But there are so many like elements around being a man where it's like oh if you do this like you know that's not manly or like oh you want to be a man like you should do this um and i think that uh you know that that was part of my like journey of like kind of questioning these things right it's like oh if i like have if i like see this part of myself am i like not gonna feel like a man like i'm is my identity gonna be like shifted drastically right um it's, it's interesting, yeah. and I think I think having those questions and thoughts are like are, are normal. They're fine if you have them. Then you have them. And I think it's oh, okay right. to I think it's okay to also believe in those tropes and those um, those ideas of of what masculinity is. And uh, and you can go away and you can kind of you know think one way and then question it and then come back. You know, you might come back to the exact same place that you were before, but now you kind of have a different understanding of it, right? Because you. Right. You can have a belief based off of not a lot of information, and then you can kind of go do the work and kind of investigate it, and then come back to the same conclusion that you were there before. But it's still it's the same technical idea, but it's more thought out and well and well uh, well prepared. All right, yeah, exactly. I think, I think now's a good time to end this episode. Yeah. Just, but before we <laughs> end it, I do want to just give you, um, like, I give everyone the platform just to party thoughts, ideas, anything you want to say. Maybe it's somebody's de- maybe somebody who's listening to this that's dealing with anxiety, depression. Maybe it's ADHD. Whatever, whatever you want, the floor is yours. Um, yeah, I think I think the feeling I'd like to sort of, uh, or the thought I'd like to kind of give out is, um, you know, lo- loving yourself. And I feel like people hear that a lot, and there's not necessarily an easy set of tools in order to like work on that. And you know, it's it's stupid hard. It's really, really, really hard. Um, but I, I deeply believe that like working on self-love is something that applies to, I think several different, um, mental health, um, issues, ADHD, I don't think so, so much, uh, maybe a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that working on that and really working, working on the relationship with yourself, like you could have heard what I said today and been like, yo, this guy's off his rockers. Right. Um, or you might have thought that, but kind of deep down realizing that there's something, you know, there's something for yourself that 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 needs to be that that needs to be seen, and you know, some conversations that may maybe need to be had. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my kind of my parting my parting thought is is they're scary, but like try and try and have conversations with yourself, you know, um, and yeah, and be willing to be vulnerable and, and do the work. Love it. Uh, you know, I believe in conversation. The more conversation you have, I get the better. <laughs> I see that. Can be. um, that's why I'm doing it. Gabe, thank you so much for coming onto the platform and being so open and honest and, and vulnerable about a myriad of things. Like, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I just want to thank you so much for having the courage to come on. I appreciate it. Dude, it is it is my pleasure. It's been honestly really good for me to kind of sort of bring bring these things out to the quote unquote public. And dude, I've, I've loved like chatting with you. It's been so nice, like catching up with you. So it's, uh, it is 99% my pleasure. I'll give you 1%. Thank you so much to Gabe for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciated how open and honest he was able to be about topics that are so, can be so raw and hard to talk about. It's really not as easy as he makes it seem. He's really that good.
I want to take the time now to ask anybody out there who's interested in coming onto the podcast, please feel free to reach out. You can reach me through my Facebook page at David Izzo, the Facebook page Don't Worry About It Podcast, as well as the Instagram Don't Worry About It Podcast, as well as we have a new email, the Don't Worry About It, po- don't worry about it Podcast at gmail.com. I'll put all those in the notes below. If you know of anybody out there that might be interested and you think I should reach out to, whether it be a friend, a colleague, somebody you know, maybe it's a professional, an author, a book you read, please reach out, let me know. If there's a topic you think I should touch on, there's so many different topics that I'd love to speak about, and I am trying actively to work on getting some more professionals and people who have dealt with different challenges. It's a process. I promise you guys, I am trying to get better each and every episode. I really want to take the time now to thank you guys who listened, whether it's one podcast, multiple podcasts, even just for a few minutes. It means a lot to me. I started this out not knowing how it would go, and I have to say I'm really, really happy with where we are. And I know that I'm going to work on getting better, and I really want to thank you guys so much for the support. It means everything to me. Thank you guys again for listening. If you can, please rate, review, subscribe, maybe share it with somebody in your life that you think could benefit from it. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week.